0: Before we get started with today's episode, here's a quick reminder that we have officially launched Mountain and Valley Devotionals. To sign up, simply click the link in our show notes and submit your email. Welcome to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Micah Horvath. This podcast exists to share the stories of everyday people, to discuss the difficult moments in life, the amazing triumphant times, and the journey in between. We all have a story to tell, and we hope this podcast helps you in telling your own. We do want to give a small disclaimer before you begin this episode. Some of the conversation may not be suitable for our younger listeners, so to any parents listening, we would ask that you would listen to it prior to your kids. In this episode, we had the chance to sit down with Jameson Griffith. Jameson shares about growing up after losing his dad at the age of 16, his passion for sports, how God helped him overcome an addiction, and the joys of marriage. But like always, we'll let him tell you the story.
1: My name is Jameson Griffith, a.k.a. Jamo. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Born April sixteenth, nineteen eighty-six. See, uh, I was born to uh, mom and dad, Larry and Peggy Griffith. Um, let's see. Growing up, uh, we were always um, pretty much like forced to go to church, so to speak. Um, in a good way, uh, it was very important for my dad, mom, and dad, uh, especially for us to be in church. Uh, so we church hopped a lot from excuse me um from really probably kindergarten to probably fifth grade uh, and really didn't find a good church home till we were in fifth grade and we found temple baptist church uh and uh life was good um i was very very blessed to come from a very loving home uh seeing how our world is nowadays and seeing some of the aspects that I got to see through certain areas of my life, I was very, very blessed to have a loving mom and dad. Um, and they made sure that we were loved uh, through every facet of life um, and, and just putting a roof over our head and making sure we had everything that we needed. Uh, now that I'm older, I have such a bigger respect for it and appreciative towards them uh, for that. Um we were in every sport imaginable. Uh, just That's just who we were, me and my little brother. Um, and uh, if we weren't on a ball field, uh, we were watching professional wrestling, like that was our thing. So uh, my dad was a professional wrestler for a little bit, um, but that was, that was my first love, that and football. Right around the age of 16, my dad passed away from a, a heart attack unexpectedly. Um, and really just kind of shocked my world, uh, so to speak. Um, and he was 41, which is extremely young. Um, but the night that he passed away, we got the phone call. Um, he was, he was driving overnight to Nashville uh, for a company. He was a truck driver. Um, he, um, um, We got the call and, of course, the shock of everything, but still very, very vividly in my mind. I still remember my mom right after the news. I mean, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Gets down on her knees and and literally praises Jesus and thanks Jesus for for everything and literally prays for her boys not to go wild. And that was just very authentic, and especially in a moment of where your world is literally shaken upside down. It was very, very... um, Awesome to see, and it. it's still something that I still remember to this day. Uh, that an authentic faith uh, that my mom has and still has to this day. So, um, definitely growing up in high school, I was very, after my dad passed away, I would probably say I was dealt with some depression a little bit, of course. Um, but during that, you know, of course, I'm the type of person and just how I'm wired, I don't. I don't believe I need to go to the doctor unless I'm sick. And I believe I don't need to talk to someone. Um, I can deal with it myself, so to speak. I can work through it myself. And that's just just who I am. Uh, So probably dealt with a little bit of depression uh, for a little bit during my time. And then my senior year, I really was able to come out of my shell a little bit. um, And just kind of be more, more, um, I guess, more open to a lot, a lot, a lot more things, uh, so to speak, as in, you know, experimenting with a party scene, so to speak. So, um, and then of course, uh, right after high school, uh, the church that I was going to, they had, you know, youth ministry, teen ministry, they had everything up until you were 18. And then after you're 18, you're just kind of, you know, you kind of go to go to, you got to go to big church. And, um, I kind of just I had I had a little bit of freedom at that point and I really just kind of chose to not go to church at that at that I would I would only go on special holidays Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter of course, um and then um after that <coughs> it was um you know it just it was just all about the party lifestyle and and uh you know of course drank a little bit, never did any drugs. I was I was I was the type of Christian where I bet well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, uh, or, you know, I called myself a Christian, so to speak, uh, because I'm, uh, I may drink, but I'm not, I don't do drugs, uh, so to speak. So I mean, you know, in my head, I was making it okay to, uh, to be that way and, uh, dealt with some, now that I've removed myself from it, I dealt with a serious porn addiction, uh, that I really, really, um, did not realize how bad it had really messed up my mind uh so to speak till after i got saved um and uh it was a it's something that's very real out in the world and 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 i'm thankful that um churches do talk about it and 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 people do because it is definitely a struggle for a lot of a lot of men uh it's very uh, it's a big closet sin for people that they uh that they really don't want to share and they they really think it's okay because nobody's watching but really god's watching um and uh it's something that um that I struggled with. I still get tempted with it of course. It's just that's the nature of the beast with anything. Uh but you know, th- uh, thank God I've 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 con- you know, I've beaten that and through it through his power. So uh, what point did you realize you needed Jesus? And what kinda of led up to that? Um I would say um I was just enjoying the party lifestyle, enjoying everything that uh, came with that. Um, I started coaching football in two thousand and seven, um, and just really I put that on a pedestal more than anything. Uh, my life evolved a lot, a lot around football and a lot around uh, coaching. I just I had such a love from my dad uh, taking me to high school football games growing up. It just um, it controlled a lot of my life. Um, so uh, it, a lot of things controlled me at that point. Um, whether we lost on a Friday night, it would control how I acted for the weekend, whether I'd be bummed out or whatever. Um, how, you know, what I would be doing the weekend, drinking it away or, or whatever. Um, and just really just kind of going through the motions and just really wasting away in this life. Um, and around 2000, Thirteen, I got invited to Silverdale uh, by a good friend of mine, uh, who has since has his own transformation story uh, about Jesus, uh, which is phenomenal uh, to hear. Uh, but he invited me to church. He said, "Hey, you know, check this out. They 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 let you wear jeans and they're okay with it." Because I went to Old School Baptist Church where you didn't wear jeans and ladies didn't wear um, uh, pants. So it was it's pretty cool to hear. So I was like, "I'll go check it out." And I went and sat through it, and I was like, "This, this is pretty cool." Uh, it's 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 very, uh, um, I might say a laid back church, but it was very accepting. Uh, and it wasn't very judgmental. And the way our world is nowadays, everybody's so judgmental with everything. Uh, you're really frowned upon uh, sometimes when you walk in. And uh, I would say I started going a lot more uh, in the later part of 2013. Uh, and really, God was really tugging at my heart that last half of the year. Uh, on a consistent basis, and really opening up my eyes to a lot of things um, that I was doing wrong, and I wasn't just ready to commit just yet to him. Uh, and then the early part of um, 2014, March actually March the second, 2014 is when I truly had surrendered my life to Christ. I did say the prayer whenever I was a little kid, you know, and um, you know, and asked Jesus to come in my heart, but there was definitely no transformation, uh, but. I still remember uh, to this day, um, the sermon and I even went back and watched it, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and everything about it. And just, just remembering just me and Tony being in the, the only two people in the room, I was just so focused on him and, and everything that God was literally speaking through him to me. Um, and it was just, uh, it was awesome. Um, and then I, after that point, within a month after of giving my life to a cross, I, um, I left my job that I was there for eight years, uh, very comfortable there, um, stepped out of my comfort zone, got a new job, uh, basically let my girlfriend at the time walk out the door that I had put up on a pedestal, um, and, um, uh, stepped really outside of my comfort zone, uh, of course, I was coaching high school football and really felt God calling me towards um, Howard High School. It's one of our local schools here in Chattanooga. It's the inner city school. Uh, and really going there with a, uh, a good friend of mine and starting to coach there. And uh, So all in a matter of a month, my, my world was completely shaken up in a good way. Um, and just really tremendous uh, trust in him and just really trying to trust his ways for my life. Um, instead of doing it my way, cause my way was screwing up way too much. I was a, I'm a fixer at heart and that's just who I am. So I try and fix things and, and, and I mess it up a lot. So, um, I, one thing I definitely want to say is like after, after I got saved, um, just the amount of growth that, that God really worked on me in that full year. And, um, I was going to church every week, going to, um, uh, wednesday night service and then and wednesday night um they end at summertime so i was literally devastated i was like god i seriously need something so bad like during the summer like or during on wednesday nights i'm trying to you know serve you and get to know you better and out of the blue uh jeff called me and uh invited me to a small group so of course i stepped out my comfort zone again and go to a group of people that i do not know and and uh and they were so accepting uh to me and um who I was and it was even even your beautiful wife was in this group, Micah. So, um but that that particular group of people and the people that I got to meet because of it, of course you, Micah as well, um, will always hold such a special place in my heart, um, uh, because they really accepted me for me. And really, showed were the first set of people that showed me like, like they have their struggles as well, but God, you know, God loves them, and like just the amount of growth that during that time uh, was just they'll never know truly what they what all those people mean to me, Um, and then um, and then of course you know going forward, going to the bridge, getting to know Micah, and of course getting to know Kip a lot better, um, and just really getting to get to do life with these people who are really striving and, and I'm a firm believer. Like I I kept telling, I kept telling people after I first got saved, I was only like truly showing up to church on Sundays and it's about living for God Monday through Saturday in every aspect of your life, you know, relationships, work, um, everything else. Um, and that was really, really key for me in a, in a very vital time. Um, since then, um, you know, uh, I-, I met my beautiful wife, uh, Amy, uh, we, we met at a local gym and, uh, just how God orchestrated that was, uh, tremendous. Uh, we met through a-, a mutual friend, uh, happened to introduce us at the time and just how everything worked out. It was just, God's hand was completely on it, uh, completely. And, um, um, you know, we've been married for two and a half years now. Um, and, uh, in the two and a half years, we've been through a lot, um, personally. Um, we've uh, had a couple job changes uh, that really were unexpected, loss of job. Um, and and uh, here recently, in the last six months, the, the loss of uh, Amy's sister, um, unexpectedly. Um, and just um, really, you know, I even I had a discussion with a good friend of mine the other day and really said, you know, I'm, I'm truly in a valley right now um and, and really not on a mountaintop and and it's it's just it's hard right now because of um you know you're just you're trying to get it day by day trying to get through it day by day with everything that's going on and uh and uh, you know it's 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 hard and and uh you know we're trying to uh love on her two nephews at 10 and six years old who just lost their mom and and um you know we just we want the best for them we want the best for um you know, uh, our uh, my brother in law Joe, her husband, and and uh, and of course, you know, uh, Vicky, Amy's mom, dealing with the loss of this as well. So, you know, it's it's just a hard time. And but but the way during during the whole experience of that um, with uh, with Allison's death, it, it, it was insane. It's it's hard to wrap your brain around how much God's hand was involved around the whole situation. Um, it just it was very. Very, very, um, I hate to say, very cool to see because of the circumstances. But we just serve an awesome God, and He literally had His hand over the whole situation, and uh, and it was it was um, very awesome to to have Him there.
0: So, JML, you talked about how you were always found on the on the ball field. Yes, and I know that you're extremely passionate about playing football. So, I want to know if you could play for any team, excluding UT Vols. Who would you play for, and why? Oh, that's a
1: good one. Um, hmm. he's stumped. No, I I'm trying to. And this is college, right? Sure. Okay. It doesn't have uh, to be. If, I would probably say uh, App State just because of the, one of my friends going to there, I, and I liked there. Appalachian State. Appalachian, yeah, yeah. A- Appalachian, a- whatever. A- App State is what it's called. Uh, you pronounce no, just... it like
0: a northerner. Appalachian. It's Appalachia. Appalachian. It's I. A- just I-A-N. don't don't
1: don't call it Appy State. It's not Appy State. It's App State. So I would probably say they're other than anywhere else. So it's the only team that I really kept up with other than Tennessee consistently. But if I'm if I'm the football coach is coming out in me, I would probably say Alabama just because of the dynasty and the way Nick Saban is, even though I'm a true Tennessee fan, but I have respect for him.
0: If you're a real fan, how could you even say that?
1: Because I understand
0: Kip grabbed the soap, we gotta wash his mouth out. I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> just saying. I understand what goes on there.
2: So, Wait, did you just say you're a Saban
1: fan? I am a Saban fan. Oh, okay. I am. I respect the guy. I get that. The that's get that. that's just the football, that's the football coach coming at me, yeah. but I respect the guy.
0: Okay. <laughs> For the record, I don't really even care about football. You care about football?
1: Uh-oh. My mom thinks he's good looking. She keeps telling me that every time he's on the TV. He's quite funny.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That's scary. I don't know what to say
1: about that. That's a little, yeah. I'm like, mom, he's for the other team that's the bad team so
2: (laughs) so we want to hear a little bit more about your dad and his impact on your life uh but first i'm i'm curious you said he he wrestled yes was that like wwe smackdown style wrestling or yes it was did he have a,
1: a nickname uh, yes, he was the devil's disciples before he met my mom, and Ooh. then he had to change to the disciples. She, she made that happen oh, real wow. quick. Oh uh, wow! But no, he he wrestled here locally. Uh, he had one match in WCW uh, back in the eighties, um, and he didn't even have tape of the match. And luckily, a few years later, a mutual friend of uh, a good friend of mine found the found the match on YouTube, and we were able what? to watch it. So it was uh, it was cool to like finally I've heard that story. So many times it was cool to actually like fully see it. So it was pretty cool. Man, so.
2: That is awesome. I grew up with WWE and all that. So it's, Yeah. It's, May- it's, that's it's just subtle. awesome.
1: It's yeah, whenever I got grounded from, from stuff, I got grounded from wrestling and it was like the end of the <laughs> world. Like I hated it.
0: I think if we can find that video, we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. We have to. Yeah. I couldn't I find great. I couldn't find
1: it. It's it's disappeared and I gotta try and find it again. So
0: mm. If we were successful in finding that clip, it'll be linked yeah. in the description. In the sh- but it was in it's... NWA,
1: which is WCW is what it is. National, whatever it was back in the day. Okay. So he actually wrestled Bray Wyatt's dad. I don't know if anybody knows who that is. So, yeah. yeah, they don't. They're not wrestling fans. It's okay.
0: Sorry.
2: It's been a minute. Yeah. So what's what's something your dad taught you about Jesus growing up? Like, just what, what are the big life lessons that he gave you?
1: I would say, you know, my dad was constantly on the road um you know of course he was a truck driver providing for us so he didn't go to church with us as much um but he really instilled in me and my brother uh, jonathan of course just like being um being good people first and foremost uh treating others as you want to be treated in the golden rule um but he really emphasized to make sure that we were in church every single day so uh, from a faith standpoint i would say he was more impactful to make sure that we were good people first, number one, but also making sure that we were going to church and, and and doing the right things. And I was scared to mess up as a kid in a good way, uh, and, and as far as doing things the right way, um, because I just didn't want like I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I didn't want to do something stupid at school, and and uh, you know, and just have to deal with my dad or my mom, you know, for getting in trouble and having to go to the principal's office for something like that, you know, mm-hmm. something stupid. Uh, so. I would say he was more impactful just making sure that we were in church on a consistent basis uh, more than anything. Yeah. And making sure that we had that foundation. So,
2: Would you say the biggest just general life lesson is that he taught you?
1: Um, His biggest saying was always practice makes perfect. Uh, he constantly said that all the time. So I would probably say that just with everything in life just – I strive. Uh, my dad is with his with his side of the family is just held on such a pedestal um, with his side of the family, and is uh, I was kind of looked to as I got a little bit older to kind of be that person, and and I strive to be that that person. But um, with that side of the family, there's a lot of family turmoil going on, and so I, I would say just in the grand scheme of things, probably just just. Keep, be a man of your word, keep your word, do the right thing always so
0: well and i I know for a fact because I'm one of these people that anybody who knows you automatically thinks highly of your dad because of who you are
1: I appreciate that
0: um and the phrase the apple doesn't fall far from the tree um is is very evident in you and even your brother so
1: I appreciate that thank you,
0: yeah,
2: yeah you always speak really highly of him. So um as you know and I know my story hasn't come out yet but I lost my mom right. at an early age um at 15 right so around the same time um and that really really impacted the way that I saw the world um but it really impacted my faith and I guess what I'm curious is how losing your dad has impacted your faith um around that time and even around now. that
1: time yeah. um I would probably say Around then, I mean, I would be lying to you if I didn't ask why. You know, why? Why now? Why? You know, why take him away? Um, and just, especially in such an important time of our life. Um, and uh, but I would say, over the years, and even my, me and my brother had this conversation a while back. Like, it's changed my outlook on life. Like, I look at life a lot differently. It's a lot, a lot more fragile. Um, I don't, as I've gotten older, I don't sweat the small stuff, so to speak. I try and stay as positive as I can be because you never, you never know what truly what somebody's going through, um, from the outside looking in, you know, and I just try and be as positive as I can. Uh, so during that time, I would probably say just because I didn't have a true relationship with God at that point. I would probably say it really didn't impact me too much. Uh, but now like I have a father, you know, I have a I have a heavenly father and that's, you know, and that's, 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 that's important to me right now, even though my earthly father isn't here anymore. And, uh, but I, you know, I just, number one, the biggest thing is just I want to make both of them proud with every aspect of my life as, 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 as hard as I can be or, as, or try as hard as I can be. So,
0: so uh, Anyone who knows you knows that you definitely care about people and you you have a heart for them. Mm-hmm. Was that something that was always around, or or was that a, a change that happened after you surrendered your life to Christ?
1: I would say it's always been there, but I was more selfish beforehand um, with with certain aspects of it. I loved I loved um, coaching football and especially getting to have those relationships with those kids and not and some of them not even having a father in their life um and and i would say afterwards it, it grew a lot more my my love for people I, lo- I love helping everyone um that i can in every aspect uh, i'm a helper number one uh, with with anybody that i can be um and um yeah i mean i would probably just say it it was more selfish more than anything in the beginning. Uh, I did, I did enjoy helping people, but it was like, what can I get out of it? So to speak first. Um, and then now it's just like, well, how can I, you know, how can I help this person Top deal and putting my own, my own selfish desires or needs on the back burner, so to speak. So
2: I'm curious what made you want to stop going to church. Um, you know, it sounds like your parents had a, had a really strong faith, especially your mom and, from what you said you really appreciated and respected that um but you stopped going to church for a minute and I'm I'm curious why what led to that
1: I would probably say I was to the point where I got tired of being good if that makes any sense I just wanted to be a little bit of rebellious and basically you have freedom you know at, at 18 especially I didn't have my dad at that point <clears throat> so my mom was doing the best that she could uh to make sure that um you know we were doing the best we could um but just typical um, teenage immaturity stuff, just want to do my own thing instead of doing what I'd always been doing, top deal. So.
2: What would you say to someone who's walking through the same thing?
1: I see it now uh, with some of the kids that are in our that – I, that I have the uh, pleasure of teaching in our D groups and even some other kids, you know, that I've coached. You gotta find, you gotta find God on your own terms. You know, it it, it can be there uh, for you, and it can be shoved down your throat. But until you're truly ready to surrender, and do it His way instead of your own way, <clears throat> because your way will screw it up more than any t- anything. Um, it nothing's going to stop it. You know, no, no. You know, you're just <clears throat> you're just going to keep doing what you want to do instead of truly living for His will. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's something that every person that has to face, you know, you, 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 it's a fork in the road, which way are you going to go down?
0: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, there's a difference between believing because obviously you grew up believing. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the difference is believing versus surrender. Yes. And so I think that, I think you said that perfectly.
1: I don't think, I mean, I just, like I said, it's just, it's. We're in such a world now where it's just want want want. What can I get out of this? And uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And it's just it's it's so much bigger than that. It's just you know we're we're on this earth to truly live for Him and to share Jesus with others. I would still do a bad job of that, but at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all boiled down to. You know.
0: So, how crucial was it to? change your friend group and and what was the impact of finding the friends uh through small
1: group um i would say uh, i'm the type of person i'm loyal loyal to people so i didn't i wouldn't say i changed my friend group but my friend group at that time definitely seen a change in me Um, and luckily one of my real good friends he was going through giving his life up to christ as well during this time so kind of had a chance to lean on him before I met my small group. Um but <clears throat> I would I would say it, it is very very critical of um of your friend group because uh I'm making sure I say this correctly. What is good good intentions and bad company don't mix or whatever, like, you know, good uh
0: bad company or er, bad company corrupts good morals.
1: Yeah, something like that. So um, but for the most part, most of my most of my guy friends are are, are great people, man, and 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 uh, you know they they would never never lead me in the wrong wrong direction. Um, but it's just uh, during that particular time, it was just so I had never really met a group of people that like truly lived for Jesus Monday through Monday through Saturday, or Monday, you know, the whole time, and really uh, put him first, and uh, and it was such a huge huge thing to get to meet every single one of them and get to know them in a, on a deeper level and do life with them um and it was just it, it it very critical in the beginning to to surround yourself with with the right people so to speak and uh and you you know I'm not saying you got to completely forget everyone who's been there for you but um because I mean I'm I'm still my best friends are my best friends and that's it. And they, they know I love Jesus and, you know, and I still love on them no matter what choices in life they make, whatever it is, you know, it's just, it's just, um, but I would say I got to dig a little bit deeper with my small group, um, uh, to, you know, to really, you know, and, uh, I still remember um, we went on a bridge retreat to Gatlinburg and, uh, <clears throat> I remember I won't mention this guy's name, but he knows who he is if he listens to this. And we were in the middle of Gatlinburg Strip, just talking, and literally, he told me he had a porn addiction, and I was it was like such a huge weight lifted on my show, or dealt with a porn addiction, um, and it was like a huge weight. So I was like, oh wow, like like you go to church and like you like you've dealt with this before, like it was just so so cool just to be like and be able to talk about it. It was just. It was really, really
0: cool. Yeah. So it's safe to say that you're an advocate for getting into a, a smaller community that you can grow
1: with. Yes. I, I think it's so our church does such a great job of making that such a priority. Number one is, is being in a small group because th- this life is going to knock you down. It's going to throw you curveballs, balls and, and the people that are in your small group um, are the ones that are going to, be with you step by step as much as God is too, but you're still going to go through things and, and, and just having people love on you and pray for you and encourage you um, or, or give you a, you know, a, you know, basically a slap in the face, not, not, not literally, but just kind of open up your eyes, so to speak, that you're, Hey, you're doing this. And uh, I, I tell anyone that, 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 literally, especially that joins our church uh, at Silverdale, it is, its the most important thing you can do is join a small group. So,
0: initially, going to that small group had to be a huge uh, step out of your comfort zone, right? Yes. In what ways has stepping out of your comfort zone, whether it was joining a small group or going to church that first time or any ways, how has that impacted your faith?
1: Um, I would say probably making me trust trust God more with, with everything, with every aspect of my life. Truly, um, even, you know, changing jobs. I, I was leaving a job that I really, really loved and God completely opened up the door for the current company that I work for and have an opportunity to work for such a godly man. Um, it's, it's, it literally, it stretches you, but it stretches you in a good way to truly like, Hey, are you going to trust me? or Are you going to do your own thing type deal? Um, so it's, it's not always easy to step out of your comfort zone, but it works out for the best always, no matter what.
2: So we've, you've mentioned uh, having a porn addiction and struggling to overcome that. I think a lot of, especially guys, can relate to that. Um, I won't speak for Micah, but I know I've been there myself. And it took a lot of work to overcome that and get out of it. Yeah. Um, a big help was accountability but i'm i'm curious what helped you overcome your porn addiction like what helped you take those steps to get out of it
1: um i would say whenever i first got saved i still was watching it i'm not going to lie about that and then god started working on my heart um very very um for the for the first few months after i got saved like he was really like starting to pull at me like hey you don't need to be watching this um i would just say i finally got to the point where i was like if you're going to be the godly husband that you desire to be, then you can't watch this stuff. And uh, and I still it was like June 2014. Whenever I uh, finally started, like I was like, "That's it," you know. That's, I'm not watching it anymore. And thank God, I've never um, I've never watched it since. Uh, I it, it, number one, it was completely God um, working through me. Was it hard? By far, the i i I dipped tobacco, and of course, I drank at that point, and definitely not say anything's wrong with drinking when you when you are a Christian that's a completely different topic, but I just knew I could not drink <clears throat> the way I did and and dip you know it was just something that i I was feeling convicted of, so I was like, oh, dipping's definitely gonna be the hardest thing to give up. That was a freaking cakewalk compared to you know giving up porn i mean it was a it it literally is a monster inside of you. That it just wants to be fed and fed and fed, and uh, it was it was hard to overcome. But it's just like now, the thing in my head that I just keep telling myself: "You're six years. It ain't worth it. It ain't it ain't, it ain't worth you know two minutes of you know uh, of enjoyment or whatever you want to call it. It's just it's not worth it. It's not. You're literally going to open up that can of worms again, and it's gonna it's gonna start eating at you again.
2: Yeah." Um, I know you're you're leading senior guys. Yes. And I'm curious what advice you'd give the current generation, like the younger younger guys who are struggling with it, because I feel like they have a lot. Obviously, they have a lot more access to it, but they're more they're more prone to go go to technology for anything that they want. Yes. So, what advice would you give to them when it comes to this?
1: Well. Uh... I tell them and I tell anyone that I talk to about this, I literally, my phone right now is literally child. It's basically child. It's childproof. I mean, not childproof, but, like, I have locks on my phone that block all the adult websites that I went to. Um, it's basically set up so I cannot, like, there's, of course, I know the passcodes, but, like, there's barriers in front of that to protect me. And I, and I constantly, um, I tell, especially tell the guys, the senior guys, like, just, you got to control your eyes. That's the biggest thing, uh, because where your eyes go is where your heart's going to go and your desires, um, and the way every, I mean TV, um, everything nowadays. It's out there. It's just out there. Whether it's just women wearing bikinis or whatever, you you just you have to control your eyes, and you you're responsible for you, and that's at the end of the day. And you're responsible for your actions. And uh, but I, I just, it's real. And it's and it's not it's okay to share with people. Porn is a porn is a literally bigger than the NFL as far as money making. And that is hard to fathom, but it literally is. And it just because it's just a it's such a closet sin, especially in the South. It's just people don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So
2: Yeah, I think talking about it is the I think honestly I think it's the greatest way to overcome it. Absolutely. Like I know My freshman year of college, I I got into a small group and every, like every day we would text each other and confess if we'd looked at it or not, if we looked at anything that like triggered us. And, you know, it was really hard at first because the few times you tripped up, you're like super embarrassed and it's really awkward seeing those guys. It's like, uh, you know what I did, um, but slowly like going to them and realizing like, Oh, this is a problem, and I want to get over it. And yep. then them encouraging me to like take steps to get past it. Yep. Just that day to day struggle with other other men um, helped me to get past it. Yep. And I th- that's well, it's I, like you said, it was
1: accountability. Yeah, yeah I'm, really I'm a really
2: huge good. strong advocate for yeah. accountability. Yeah. And any guy who's dealing with it, no matter what age you are, if you're 15 or 50, yeah. like get another guy another group of guys with you to just challenge you to get out of it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's so easy to feel and speaking from experience, if you're not willing to talk about it with someone you trust, um, Jamie and I were accountability partners when we first met, Mm -hmm. that's really how we got to know each other. Well, um, if you're not willing to talk about it, it's so easy to feel like you're the only one and there's something wrong with you. So I'm I I can't share it because they're all going to think this or that about me when in reality, I mean, as Jamo said um, on that retreat, he went on with the bridge, and hearing that they struggled with it, there was freedom in that.
1: It was just like a weight lifted off of my like my shoulders. Yeah, tremendously.
2: I'm glad we're talking about it on here. We haven't had a chance to do that yeah. yet. And I just, it's one of the things that this podcast exists for is telling people like the things that you've struggled with, other people have struggled with. You're not alone in mm-hmm. it, and this is definitely one of those things that. The more and more you talk to the people in your life about it, the more and more you realize you're not alone. Yeah. And those people might have better, stronger advice to help you get out of it. After after struggling with porn and getting over that addiction, what were some mindsets or even some habits, um, but especially some some ways of thinking about sex uh, that you had to change or just completely alter or give up when you went into marriage?
1: Um, of course, you know, I'd been in relationships where, of course, I'd had sex before. So I just completely had to do a complete 180 with everything. Um, and porn just does such a, it gives you such what you think, what you think marriage is going to be like, so to speak. You know what I mean? And just, it just, um, it just, it literally blurs your vision of what truly what marriage is supposed to be. Um, and, uh, man, I, I had to change a lot. I mean, it was definitely, and I'm, I'm, and I've even told my wife this, like we had a, I had a mutual friend, um, that dated one of her best friends, back in, like, 20, 2013, 2014, before I got saved, pre-Jesus JMO. And we almost came across each other at that point. And I'm so glad that I did not because we wouldn't be married right now just because, I mean, it's uh, I wouldn't be the person that I am right now talking to you guys if I, you know, if, if I wouldn't have got saved, period. I mean, it's just it's – just, um, but I was very thankful because I was able to be in a couple relationships – where i got to practice that so to speak like where you know hey you know you got to set boundaries you gotta um you can't go past certain points and like and truly like having a cross-centered relationship was so 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 key and i'm not saying that it was practice or anything like that but it kind of was it was just kind of like all right what kind of boundaries are you gonna set and so like it was able to um I'm an open book, anyway. So, like, whenever I first met Amy, I just flat out told her, like, I think we were on our second date, and I was like, "Yeah, I've had a porn addiction. Just letting you know, you know, I'm just that's just who I am." Um, but you know, it helps when you're in a relationship when both people are looking towards Jesus, and they don't want to, they don't want sex before marriage. Is it hard? Heck, yes, it's hard. It's very, very hard. We're human. We want that. Um, it's it's very, very hard. Um, but it's just, you, there's so much, uh, I've had this conversation with numerous people. It's so much better to wait until marriage just cause that's what truly what God intended. And it was just, uh, I'm so glad, um, I was able to, you know, and it's, it's not fun having to share your, share your history with your wife, um, what's, what's going on with everything, but, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow and just be like, you know, I was stupid and it's, uh. You know, it's just, it is what it is, you know. So, but um, luckily she loves me like Jesus loves me and that's all that I can ask for. Mm. Yeah. So.
0: Speaking of marriage. Ah, marriage. Marriage. Pretty awesome, right guys?
1: Yes, it's awesome. It's nice.
0: So, fun fact, uh, JMO and I actually bought our engagement rings for our wives the same day. Didn't know it until after it was done.
1: Yeah. Literally screenshotted it about the same time to each other. Yeah.
0: That was cool. Yeah. Um. Fun times. We went through a lot of that season together. Yes. But I don't think I've asked you this question. Okay. What's been the most impactful lesson you've learned since being married? Mm. Regarding marriage. And- no, no,
1: no. Yeah. Um, most impactful. I mean, I would say, like, in a good way, like, it's especially uh, I got married a little bit older at twenty, twenty. 20. 29 30 so I can't remember exactly but anyway I was a little bit more set in my ways so to speak and that was really really hard to mesh two lives together um but doing that and having a person in the past relationships that I was in like an argument would fester up or so whatever it would it would never turn out good like I was always worried but like the one thing I know with Amy like 100% like she's for me and I would say the most impactful thing is divorce is not an option for us, period, no matter what. Um, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're in it till the very, very end. And, uh, is it hard sometimes? Yes. Marriage is hard. Um, because you, I'm stubborn and, you know, she's stubborn sometimes in a good way. Um, but it's, um, Divorce is not an option. It's just it's such an easy way out nowadays, and people are just like, oh, I'm not happy in this relationship, or they're not fulfilling my needs. And to really think about, like, you're you're literally depending on a person to, you know, will you every single day, and you know, and and make you feel good every single day, and and everything else. It's just you're putting too much high expectations on people nowadays with everything, and just you're 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 supposed to love them like Jesus loves them at the end of the day. It's hard sometimes, but it's just you. You just—that's what we're called to do, especially as husbands.
2: So, how has being married changed how you view your relationship with God?
1: I would say, you know, probably as an aspect of like, I gotta love Amy no matter what, no matter what she does, and like, and that's just the way that God loves me. He loves me no matter what. Um, So, I would say, you know, just being. Not being selfish, so to speak, and not and like just putting down my wants and needs on the back burner to take care of my wife, so to speak, and what her wants or needs are. That's truly what it uh, what it is for me, honestly. So,
0: so during your story, you talked about uh, the loss of your sister in law Allison last year, and. Paige and I are clo- very close to you and Amy. You guys are our, some of our best friends, some of our closest friends. What advice would you give to, uh, A, specifically a husband, but B, the general individual who's walking through a valley, whether it be for the spouse or for themselves?
1: always thought about like how would i handle being there for amy through a loss like that that it definitely obviously because i've lost my dad amy did lose her dad around the same age um uh, that i did as as mine as well so like you you just think about those things now like hey it's people are gonna die like that's just the way that it is you hope you hope they don't um but it's just like that's the one thing that's guaranteed on this earth is like everyone everyone has a a death date, and um, I would say, man, it's just, it's it's day to day. You just got to be there for them, and just whether you don't say anything at all or whether you do or just a shoulder to cry on or a word of encouragement, it's just, it's not going to, you're never going to get over the loss of someone, but you just you just got to take it day by day that's really, really it. And that's, it's, it's just a valley right now. And the, you know, mountain, mountain will come. And even though like, you know, it may feel like a valley, like, but God still showed up in that situation. And I'm still very, very thankful for that.
0: And what advice would you give to someone who is experiencing a valley personally?
1: Um, it'll end. um, And you just got to, you just gotta get up. I mean, really and truly, just get up and keep going, um, no matter what, uh, no matter, um, no matter what Satan is trying to tell you in your head, like you're not good enough, or you know whatever it is. It's just you just you just gotta keep going. I mean, that's really, really it. You just gotta. It, world's gonna knock you down. That's that's guaranteed. But it's just how you respond to it is what's. You know, that's really really where the characters build up so
2: so after walking through this valley together how has this drawn you and amy closer
1: um how would it hasn't it, <laughs> <laughs> they've it never uh, been farther apart yeah. um you know there are times where we do feel kind of far apart with this but at the same point it's like she's still grieving, like, she's still going through that, and may not be able to be, uh, you know, a so-called wife that day, like, you know what I mean, like, she's got, she's got to deal with, she's got to deal with that stuff, so I would say it, it's definitely brought us closer because, um, because we're, we're we're, we're really becoming one, I mean, you're one whenever you, you know, you get married, and you, you, you take those vows in front of the people, but you're one when, like, when life starts, you know, like, that's, that's when you get committed to each other, hey, I'm not going anywhere, like, during this whole time, like, I'm here, like, uh, whatever, whatever it is, like, I'm here, and so I think it's just, it's getting started, um, where we're, we're, and I'm not saying we're not, we've not been one, but it's just, I want to get to that point where, you know, 50 years from now, we're still married, and it's just like, we just don't want to be you know, it, it about that, you know, that love story, you know what I mean. So, but uh I would definitely say Um This particular moment of our lives has definitely brought us closer, for sure. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. Just search underscore MV Podcast on any platform. Again, that's underscore MV Podcast. This podcast was created and produced by Kip Wilkinson and Michael Horvath. This episode was mastered and scored by J.A. Parkin. Thank you so much for listening. Now go tell your story. He has a habit of coughing every time I start recording. No, but okay. he does it into the mic on purpose very loudly. <coughs> So
2: after after struggling, <coughs> we'll redo that. Sorry, since everyone Sorry. else did
1: it. Not bad.
2: I do. No, it's not a problem. Um, <laughs> you did that to yourself.
0: Yeah, I did it more to you. But <laughs> payback. It's worth it. You're welcome, Micah.
2: This is where vengeance gets you, Micah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um.